It's Bashomania! Let me tell you something, brother. He gave us everything he had in him tonight. What you gonna do when Bashomania runs wild? Oh, it's gonna be a good one. And business just picked up here on the podcast. We are back. We told you we'd be back. Bash in the brain. Somebody tweeted us, said they were going to cry. We didn't do a recap show. So for our one fan, we're doing a recap show. I was so ready to go immediately. I kind of wanted to do it that night. I kind of wanted to do it all day yesterday. But I just, dude, I I was exhausted after this weekend. Same. And between, um, between football and everything else the rest of the weekend, it was a great, by the way, I hope everybody listening took my Washington plus nine and a half play. Shout out me. I hope everyone took that play. Um, yeah, dude, stupid, stupid line. It was a stupid line. Yeah, that was so dumb. They should have never. But, yeah, a lot of football this weekend. So, And it was nice. I, as much as I like doing a show right after an event, I also like letting the dust settle and going back. Yeah. Like the Michigan stat we were just talking about. You know, I don't see some of these things in real time until I'm going back and, and kind of looking at the brackets and, and you kind of draw some conclusions and circles, connect some dots. Yeah, it's tough. It, you're right. Letting the dust set a little bit um, does help. It, it helps. It helps. I think it helps the audience, but it also helps us prepare. But every year at like uh, NCAAs, I'm like, oh, let's do a round recap. First of all, you're exhausted from watching it all day. And second of all, all the people that would watch the show, they they watched it all day. So they're exhausted, too. I mean, it's just right. letting the dust settle is right. Yeah. So and, and you know what? Some people are also busy. And I think what they do or even like the diehards is they go back the next day or so and they watch more matches. They're not even really yeah. ready to recap it yet, because especially like a tournament like this, you know, I was tweeting out right out of the gate. I, I really try to limit my flow slander, but it drove me nuts that we don't have like a flow zone or something where when you do have so many good round of 16 matches, and I had said I was I was DMing some of the guys like Spay and, and trying to understand like why they don't do it. And I said like, I could literally go on Zoom right now, share my screen, pull up a match and, and commentate live. Like, yeah. I think there's a way to do it where... Somebody, let's say like you or even a piles or whoever, like who has, you know, who can pinpoint, hey, this match is going to be interesting. Let's pull this up because the average fan, even me watching a round of 16 while I'm working and trying to bounce back and forth between eight mats. It's so hard to do. Yeah, it's, you know, this tournament sort of demanded it, how much craziness was going on all over the place and, and how many great matches were going on so things like the u.s open um certain certain tournaments kind of kind of demand it you know and uh I, I i would i would imagine with the feedback they got that going forward if the if the cklv is as big and badass as it was this year i, I bet you they would do it next year they have a lot of people on the ground to do it so i, I think they'll listen to the fans yeah, no, but overall, I mean, the wrestling lived up to all the hype. We're going to go weight by weight and, and kind of go through it. We're going to have on a guest with us who I think might be the wrestler 
of the weekend, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'll get your opinion, but yeah, it was a, it was a very interesting weekend. A lot of interesting matchups. You said a lot in the preview show. We're gonna learn a lot, and I feel like coming away from this, yeah. we did learn a lot. Yeah, I mean, wrestling. I, I feel like wrestling's in a really good place in that right now. College wrestling. I mean, our, our our international team is in a really good place too. Perhaps it's best ever, but. Um, College wrestling, too. It is a glorious, glorious thing when you don't know what's going to happen. Uh, right? If you if you know what's going to happen, that's why sometimes, like, some of the high school tournaments, I'm like, yeah. Even the big ones. Uh, maybe not Fargo. Maybe not Super 32. But there's some bigger tournaments. It's like, yeah, day one, what happened? Like, nothing, nothing. I knew, I knew the pecking order, right? And it pretty much played out like that and if you have college tournaments that that are that are that way it's kind of like ho-hum but wrestling's at a really good place right now where there's a lot of parody and almost anything can happen and for that reason you're learning stuff like every round of the tournament oh my god Myers Shapiro is gonna win freaking Everything in the world, he's going to be the next four-timer. He just majored Bryce Sandonian. Oh, my God, wait. He probably is not going to play. <laughs> that <laughs> so, was a crazy roller coaster uh, with, with uh, 57 that turned out as chalk as could be. It, it's incredible that the deepest weight, when the dust settled, it was pretty much the rankings. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty dang close. I mean, after... Shapiro took took out Andonian and then Cardenas kind of carried that and then it was a one one and four, two and six in the semis, and then the one beat the two. <laughs> but we, we yeah, can't get ahead say, of ourselves. Uh, we gotta we gotta wait for fifty seven. We've got we gotta go wait by wait or we're gonna we're gonna be all over the place. All right, well, let me say this though, just to tease it to the fans. You said might be the wrestler of the week. I would say if there was a wrestler of the week. I say there's two guys wrestle of the week, either Nico Provo or younger Bastida. Those would be my two. I I'm going Nico Provo and he's who we're going to have on the show here in a couple minutes. I'm going Nico because younger looked great, but his big win to me wasn't Dave sin. Michigan looked like dog doo doo this weekend. His big did they? Well, yeah, I guess they did underperform. Michigan. Well, mm -hmm. the stat I told you before the show is that they did not end a single weight on an official win. They that lost. They lost every single medal round match. D'Agostino lost for fifth. Luan lost for fifth. Amin lost for third. Bullock lost for fifth. Well, um, that means that Davison lost in the finals. If they lost all their medal matches, then that means all 10 of their guys lost their last match. Correct. The only technical because... win in there is Shane Griffith won a well, couple backside matches, but then medical forfeited. Okay. Right. Shane Shane medical forfeited. D'Agostino medical forfeited after semis. So, but technically, yeah. That's correct. Crazy. That's a crazy stat. It is. That's why I'm saying with an official win, kind of kind of a caveat there. But if you're looking at like from a placement yeah, I would, and everything else, it's crazy. I would say Nico is is the wrestler of the week. I mean, he put himself in a conversation 
amazingly, amazingly, he put himself in the conversation for the number one spot. I mean, I I, I don't know if I would rank him there quite yet, but he's um, one. He, he's it's certainly a discussion. He's my one, and I had said this. He's one because he got four ranked wins this week. Your current yep. one, Jacob Camacho, has one ranked win, Matt Ramos, who Provo also took out this weekend. Now, Camacho has a couple more bonus wins, but, I mean, how is the undefeated guy who has four ranked wins not number one over the guy with one ranked win? Uh, well, I, I'll tell you what the rationale would be. The rationale would be body of work and, and what he did last year, what he didn't do last year. But what the, the crazy part about it is that Matt Ramos beat Spencer Lee, right? And that was always the rationale for Richie Figgs, number one. And now it turns out like Ramos has like four or five losses. Now it turns out like Richie Figgs, you can't say Richie Figgs deserves number one because he beat Matt Ramos because four other guys beat Matt Ramos. If you don't have a if you don't have a match after the first month of wrestling, I don't think you should be in the rankings. Well, I, I was telling you I, I thought I had a, a something dawned on me and it it's probably a little nuanced and, and, and probably a little complicated. And I don't know how it would go over, but it's almost like th this season and most seasons, the results don't like beg for this, but right now it's begging for it right now. Some of the weights are begging for you to just say, wipe out everything that ever happened until this season, because well, and somebody brought up when I, you know, I was talking to a couple people about rankings because I'm not a rankings guy. So I just kind of look at it on the surface and I'm like, well, somebody else brought up Camacho and, and well, Camacho didn't wrestle last year. No, no. Nope. So, you know, Figs is an interesting one. But again, Figs hasn't wrestled. You got Camacho, who doesn't have as many ranked wins as Nico. Nico's undefeated. For me, I'm making Nico one and then I'd say Camacho two. I think at this point, Ramos has four or five losses. He's out of the top five. His one win over Spencer Lee does not over overtake the four or five losses he now has on the air. And, well, and I came into this season saying, like, preseason stuff before we even wrestled a match. And I was saying, just because Matt Ramos beat Spencer Lee does not mean that he's a shoe in to win it or a shoe in to be a finalist. If you look at all the steps that he took throughout, yeah, it was overtime ride out late minute, last match heroics. I mean, there was a lot of nail biters in there. Yep. Yeah. The other thing I was going to make a comment about was, I think it was a different weight. Um, maybe it was about Diagostino, how, Diagostino's loss on the record should not. I forgot how the rankings work. Like if an injury default or something like that doesn't happen, that doesn't count. But well, with Diagostino, he was down 8-1 with a minute to go, and then he defaulted out. So I think that's a true Brett Unger owned that match. I don't think that's like a – I don't know how the heck they're doing injury defaults no, this you year. Know, if I was – if I was a ranker, and I, I listen, I don't care if if I, if. <laughs> well, if I did college rankings, if I did college rankings, um, 
and in high school, I do do this. Uh, in high school, I do do this. If, but in high school, it happens way less frequently. It's that isn't that something? High schoolers default out way less than college guys. Let that rattle around in your brain a little bit. How does that make sense? But, um, I would certainly matches that matches that last like the Roman Bravo Young DeSanto match lasted long into that match. Uh, Unger D'Agostino lost lasted long into that match. You know who was winning, right? right. You you have it was right there. It happened. Um, you certainly count that. And then I would even count default losses. I, I mean, he medically defaulted. Who did D'Agostino? To me, D'Agostino defaulted to Caleb Smith. I have Caleb Smith higher. Medical forfeit to Jory Volk counts as a win for Jory. I don't care. You had the opportunity. There was two people there, and one showed up. By the way, a lot of wrestling is uh, health and timing. It's health and timing. Yeah, I don't I don't care. I'd put Volk ahead of him. I mean, uh, look at last year. Last year, D'Agostino's this is no hate for D'Agostino or Michigan. It, it, this is a very frustrating process. Look at last year, D'Agostino's results and all the forfeits and all the matches he skipped. And it's, it was the same thing. I have Killian Cardinal. I have no ill will to Cardinal. He's a gangster. That dude is tough as hell. But he sat out, he sat out, he forfeited, didn't wrestle big 12s. He got punished in the seats for it, but he should have. And I would punish D'Agostino for the same reason. Yeah, you're not wrong. Where do you put Nico in your uh, crystal ball? See, now that's more interesting, crystal ball, because you can put figs one. You could do these things. Oh, yeah. What do you think for Nico after this weekend? Again, wide open weight, and it lived up to that expectation of anything could happen. Um, You know what? I was indeed working on crystal ball, um, and I had it right in front of me, but it's on my other laptop. Uh, let's see if I can get into it on this computer. Uh, so right now I have, I have Nico sixth. I have Nico sixth in the crystal ball. I, I'm not a knee jerk guy. I like to like, let him ascend. Right. Um, and descend and descend. Right. So I, I build you up slow. I take you out slow. I, you know, and to me, like, uh, guys like Patrick McKee and Michael D'Agostino, I, I had feelings like, I don't know, man. They might be banged up. They might be over the hill. I don't know. But I kept him in, right? Patrick McKee loses to Tanner Jordan. I keep him in. Well, now Tanner Jordan has beaten some guys. And, and I feel like guys like Tanner Jordan and Provo should go ahead of uh, McKee. And so it was a slow process in pulling McKee out. But over time... I think it's justified, and and now I have I'm going to have Nico somewhere in the four five six range. Um, I hadn't didn't finalize him yet, but I'll have him four five six, and uh, you know if he continues to go unscathed, uh, he can move up. You know. Um, yeah. No, but, I. Yeah. It's interesting I too. One twenty five is such. One twenty five as a whole has been people eating each other, right? They've been cannibalizing each other and there hasn't been a whole lot of consistency. So um, it's almost no fault. Nico has put himself in a position to be considered an upper echelon of 125. Now keep defending that, that right. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting. We're going to have Nico here joining in a minute. I just texted the link to join. One of the things 
that I want to mention about Nico, you kind of mentioned it on the last show. Wrestling this tournament is an amazing opportunity, especially for non-Big Ten guys, to get ranked yeah. wins. Yeah. And mm -hmm. Nico, who wrestles for Stanford in the Pac-12, just did an amazing thing getting some ranked wins. He did, and you got to... You got to wonder, um, I mean, they were a, another administrative administration's recruits, but Chris Ayers has obviously took the torch and is doing the right thing. He had Provo clicking. Lorenzo Norman had a great tournament. Uh, Tyler Knox, right? So Chris Ayers off and running in Palo Alto. And another thing, the thing that I really want to ask Nico Provo is I said well, Nico on... Provo's right here. So you go ahead and ask him. Here? <laughs> What's going we got, on? Yeah, we got Nico. What's up, Nico? My man. What's up? My man. Uh just first things first, like general thoughts on um general thoughts on your approach to the tournament. You knew what the field was, you knew it was dynamite. Um what were your feelings coming into the tournament? I was I was super excited personally and i know a bunch of our guys where i heard you guys talking about you know the couple guys that showed out but um we were all super excited i mean it's one of those things early in the season which i think is is great for us to be able to compete there i mentioned before we didn't compete last year which i thought was kind of kind of got us in the end when we're wrestling the really good tough guys you know we, we need to get those big 10 those big 10 guys and the uh you know really strong big 12 guys especially when we have you know um a, a uh, different kind of schedule um, earlier in the year. So it was good. It was excited, especially for me. I was really excited. I saw the field, obviously. A um, little upset some guys weren't there. But um, I knew, I knew like, based on based on this tournament, I knew um, it was going to be good. Whoever came out on top was going to be uh, in contention for number one. So. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Let me ask you this, because I, I sort of talked about some of the the guys that were in red shirt last year or the guys that were in freshman uh, freshman last year. And I go all the way back to like an example, like Joey Dance, his red shirt freshman season. Joey Dance came out or, or his true freshman season. He came out of high school. He was like in the finals of Super 32 every year. Right. Uh, yeah. Just a me mega recruit for Virginia Tech. And he comes out and like his first half of the year, actually the whole season was kind of like, mm, not bad. And then he goes to uh, NCAAs and he lands on the podium. And I noticed like, like your season last year was good, but maybe not um, like you had two close losses at NCAAs or guys like that one Fargo, Dylan Fishback, right? Or, or how about the guy... At, at Iowa State, Jacob Frost had just made the finals. These guys had good, not great um, first years. What do you chalk it up to, like, your level jump from last year to this year? Yeah, I uh, I think for me personally, it's it was uh, – I mean, it's a long season. And the yeah. NCAA season is really long. And I think um, the, you know, 125 uh, – isn't you know or wasn't the easiest weight cut 
um, last year. And I think it just got really long. And I, I, I think my, my, uh, my mentality was kind of off. Um, but now I, I have that year under my belt of, you know, maturity. And I, I had a great shirt, but it's, it's a lot different, right? Wrestling every weekend, it, you know, and wrestling tough guys every weekend. Um, making weight and, and, you know, the two-hour weigh-ins for duels is super helpful this year too. But uh, it's just maturing for me is what it is what it can chalk it up to. I think for the, for those other, for those other guys too, you mentioned, it's really important to get, you know, even a red shirt year, you don't compete as much, but it's still a good, you know, you get a good gauge. But like I said, when you're the, when you're the guy, it's you're wrestling all the time. So understanding that. And um, I think being able to communicate with your coaches, like, I mean, our new staff is unbelievable. I mean, I'm super grateful for them. And uh, it's been a lot, really helpful. They've helped me a lot in terms of, uh, my mentality and just kind of keeping me, you know, sharp, which has been yeah, awesome. That's something I noticed too. Um, like when you won in the finals, you and Ayers are pointing at each other and I'm like, you know what? Yeah. The, the culture must be really good. The, the transition yeah. must be really going really well. Cause um, you all looked on the same page and, and a lot of you wrestled really well. Yeah. He's uh he does a really good job of firing us up. Um, he he does he does a really good job. I was just literally just talking to a few people about it. Well, our staff is so diverse in terms of uh what they what they bring for us. You know, every every kid is different when they compete. Everyone needs something different, and it's it's funny. Ayers brings this intensity that I I love and I, I kind of need in between um in the semis match. In between, he's looking at me when I there's like a close close call on the takedown. It was I got it with like a you know a second left maybe, but they were reviewing it. And we were in the middle and he looks at me, he goes, you want this match to go overtime? And I was like, no, I don't. So just that kind of, that kind of thing of, you know, he just knows how to fire you up and, and get you going. And then I'm out there with, uh, with, uh, with Deacon and, uh, he's kind of messed with me before, you know, he's like, he's probably go out there and try to score some points. And I, you know, just laughing and keeping it, um, you know, in a joke, calm manner, but he, he fires me up. And I knew once I, once I won, I was like, Hey, like, this is, this is our time. We have this thing, it's called the gold rush. And I think that's, uh, the epitome of what's going on right now we're uh we're finding it so we're gonna keep finding it and then here in march we're gonna we're gonna have an even better one so i'm excited you held that one up right after you won looked at flow held yeah. the one up i instantly tweeted i said to me you're you're the number one it's very clear you and camacho both undefeated you both have wins over matt ramos but you have four ranked wins was that the thought holding up the one that in your mind obviously you think you are the best you feel you're the best do you feel like this season so far you've kind of proved that you deserve to be number one? Um, it's it's an interesting concept. I I truly I believe you know rankings are you know whatever we saw it this year. What was I thirty or something coming into this? I don't know. But Blame Willie. Blame Willie. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter, right? It's like there's it's just it's it's at the end of the day it's just a number. But if we're talking you know resume and whatever, I thought I mean if say I didn't win it this weekend, whoever was, whoever came out of this field on top should have been number one regardless. And it happened to be me, and I, I knew I had the confidence going in that, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm ready to do it. So that's a little little like mental thing of I get that hand raised and, you know, you know you they know what to do. So I, I think, uh, you know, in the, in the most humble way possible, yeah, I think number one spot. Right. So, well, you know, you have um... – you're going to be in the mix tomorrow. The rankings will come out and, and whether you're number one or number two or number three, you're going to be up there somewhere. And then 
you have some good matches coming up. You have returning All-American Ventresca coming up on your schedule. You have Ramos oh, yeah. coming up, and you'll you'll hit Richie Figs. So, um, you if you're not number one tomorrow, you're going to have the path to get oh, there yeah. really tough. soon. That, that's what gets me excited. I think. Uh, yeah, that, it was, like I was saying, it's still early, but I got a lot of. Uh, we got a nice schedule here soon, so I'll get the test, and I think you know. I'm, I'm that, ready. I'm ready for the test. I'm ready for whoever gets in front of me. That's what we were saying just before you joined that, you know, typically one of the things that we love about a tournament like this is a guy like you in the Pac-12 historically doesn't have the best opportunity throughout the season to get those ranked wins. Like where if you're in the Big Ten, let's say 141, they have four out of the top five guys. There's constantly those opportunities for the ranked guys. But you, you do have in two weeks, you'll have um, Ramos. Like you said, there's a lot of good opportunities um, coming up for you, are there certain dates that you kind of have circled on the calendar coming up? Um, I honestly, I'm not a big, you know, date circle guy. I'm, I'm a just like every day, just prepare, you know, as if I was we always crack a joke. If we, uh, before Cliff Keen, it was probably like a week or two before Cliff Keen, I was like, Hey, if Cliff Keen was tomorrow. Would you be ready? So that's the, that's kind of the question. That's kind of how you gotta how you gotta be. So I mean, I I know the dates. I know I have you know Virginia Tech on the seventeenth, which I'm excited for. I mean, every single match I'm excited for. Southern Scuffle will be a lot of fun. It'll be another good test. Um, now we have M- Mizzou, um, late January. We got the Penn Penn duels, uh, Penn and Drexel. So that'd be fun. I think, like I said, twenty five this year is super super open and. Everyone, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of guys who can win it, but you gotta have that confidence that it's gonna be you. So, whoever whoever you know lines up against me is, it is what it is. I'm ready to ready to take because, it. So. Uh, Stanford has a different academic calendar, does it not? Um, yeah, so we're we're actually a quarter school. So typically uh, yeah. schools are semesters, but um, we are we're quarters. So actually, during this during Cliff Keen, um, it's our finals week is coming up here soon. So <laughs> that's what guys. I was getting at. <laughs> So, but that's the, that's when the kind, of, uh, take, kind of when, kind of when life Cliff we have. take uh, Stanford finals back to back weekend. That's a, yeah, that's, that's a schedule. No, the other thing too is when I when I look at the Stanford schedule, you know, there's a lot of talk. We were talking about earlier Richie Figs. You know, he's a top five guy. So a lot of high rankings uh, for him. You could wrestle him three times in theory within a month. You have Arizona State duel the February 17th, then you have Pac-12 championships, then you have NCAA championships. So you really do have a lot of opportunities this year. It's fun to talk rankings. I think they're great for fans to kind of see who lines up, who's the favorite. They're great from that standpoint. But everything's going to work itself out with how many times, with that weight being so wide open and all the opportunities we get to see this year, I think it's going to be a fun way to watch the rest of the year. Yeah. I think definitely, definitely, I mean, country will be on notice. Tune in for sure. I mean, the Pac-12 at 25 is pretty, pretty strong. So we'll, uh, you know, we yeah. got a lot of opportunities and we're going to wrestle each other a bunch. So, you know, it's, it's, it's good. It's actually, it's, it's nice to be able to have, you know, these tough guys in the conference, especially when NCAAs and we got to wrestle, you know, the other, the other top guys in the country. It's like elevating each other, which is good. So it's strong, right? Last year, last year, the Pac-12. So we'll see. Yep. I got a sad question. What do you got? How much do you miss Chenzo being out there? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, he's the he's he's the man. I saw him uh saw him in, in uh at the tournament. He's uh I'll always miss I'll always miss that dude, man. He's he's awesome. We had to get we 
you know, hadn't have a good relationship. So he's, uh, he's the man. I was, I was texting I was mess- him. We texted the same exact time, um, during one of your matches. And I wasn't sure we're, we're both so busy lately that sometimes like one of us is tuning into the other. I think it was your, your match with, with Tara Keenan. And I'm like, yo, did you see Nico, how good he looked? And he's texting at the same time, Nico Provo. <laughs> yeah. He's uh, he's someone, he's someone who believed in me, you know, early, early in my, you know, right out of high school. He, he always kept telling me, you know, keep, keep, uh, keep working and it's gonna, it's gonna show. And then he was super excited. But like I said, I, he's still keeps me humble, you know, so I gotta keep, keep on keeping on. So I'm sure he's really excited he's for you and figs to wrestle. <laughs> I'm sure he is too. Yeah. He's excited for all the ASU and, uh, Stanford matches coming up soon, so I'll uh, I'll make sure to give him give him something to be excited for. I love it. So. Will you got anything else for Nico before we let him go? Move on. No, I'm just uh, I'm proud of you and uh, keep it rolling. And it sounds like you're in the right mindset where you're, you know, not focused on the the micro levels, but just prepare, being prepared every day. And I think that's a good mindset. So keep it up, bud. Right. I appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you guys, and uh, thank you again for having me. We love having you on, man. Go win another big tournament. Go win another big duel. Let's get you on here some more. Always love uh, showcasing the best. And just, I don't know if you saw, or, I don't know if you saw the tweet because I don't know if you're on Twitter because I, I found a Nico Provo on Twitter, but it's from like 2013 and it's got a Penn State yeah, Twitter no, header. Um, no, no, I, I'm not really a Twitter guy, but uh, people have been, people have been uh, sending me screenshots and telling me about it. Yeah, because um, I was going to say, you know, I don't, I, I don't want to start the, the, you know, is he going to Penn State transfer portal rumors? So I saw that. <laughs> when I was younger, uh, Nico Nico Megalutis, Nico uh, did a camp, and we both are NICO. So uh, I was a big Penn State fan growing up. I love it. But, uh, All right, yeah. Nico, we'll talk soon, man. Thanks for hopping on with us. Congrats on the big right. weekend. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. All right, see you, man. Hey, real quick before we dive into the rest of the weights and the team race, Just want to let you know, today's show is brought to you by our friends at Attack, A-T-A-C, Attack. Video game stats meets real-life training. What's your attack rating? Put in the work to get closer to your goals today. Download the Attack app in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store so you can take advantage of an incredible training and fitness app that is truly like having a personal trainer and a video game right in your pocket in one app. Download the Attack app in the Apple App Store, Google Play Store today, and be sure to follow them on social. It's atac.app. This episode is also brought to you by Beat the Streets. Beat the Streets makes a lifelong impact on more than 2,500 New York City boys and girls through their free year-round programs. You can help thousands of underserved New York City youth experience the life-changing power of wrestling with a tax-deductible donation to Beat the Streets, which has set a $250,000 goal for its year-end campaign. Make your donation today as you're making those year-end contributions. Make a donation today at btsny.org. That's btsny.org. Nico's such a great kid. You got to love that kid. kid, Good kid. I mean, um, and I think he's, um, I think he's like one of the new examples of how the New England states are producing some guys, you know? Yeah, I don't even know where he's from. He just checked because I don't follow the high school wrestling too much until somebody like recruits somebody like Vincenzo was was so high on him when he was out there. So high. uh, He he was really good. He's from Connecticut. He's really good. He, you know, I think he made Fargo finals, uh, placed at Super 32. And then, you know, like 
I people that follow high school knew he was really good, right? But then he went to junior trials, or I think it was junior trials the year it was in Lincoln. It's kind of funny because at, I'll never forget. I don't think anybody will ever forget who was that who was there was it was the year it was at Lincoln, and it was like the day that all this stuff started circulating about Cole going to uh, Stanford. But anyway, it was at that tournament that Nico was beating like college guys. And, and like people that don't follow high school hardcore started waking up and being like, who is this kid? Yeah. Right. And so um, he's, that was a big eye opener for a lot of people. Um, you know, even myself included anytime, you, you know, that there's guys that are really good in high school. You don't know how it's going to translate. You don't know if, can they beat college guys right now? And Nico was doing that. And I think that that woke a lot of people up. Um, but yeah, him and then Tyler Knox, his teammate at 133, who who'd he beat? Bazakas on the front side, and then he ended up placing. They're both he's Massachusetts. So they got a Connecticut and a Massachusetts guy back to back. Uh it's good. It's good for you know, to encourage that area, like, hey, we're doing good things. Yeah. I agree. All right. Any final thoughts for 25? We'll move on to 33 since you brought up uh, Knox. Final thoughts for 25. I thought that um, I thought that Provo because sometimes you get these sometimes you get results and you're like okay, that was a good win, right? Yeah. But I wouldn't pick it again. But I thought Provo kind of put it to bed really. I mean, like, here's his scores. 13-6, 12-5 over Tarakina, 8-1 over Ramos, 8-1 over Volk, 5-1 over Unger. Uh, did he... Those three you know, straight-ranked wins where he only let up a point. Like, a that's point. why... He didn't get scored on. That's so crazy to me. It's like, listen, that's why for me he's won. Like, I'm looking at this, and it's like... He wrestled Tarakina great, and I was texting Chenzo, and I'm like, man, if he keeps up the way he's wrestling, he looks unbelievable. And then he right, kept that's what that I mean. Up. At a weight class where things have been topsy turvy, um, when you're like eight one, eight one, five one, and the eye, even the eyeball test, it's like, okay, it was sort of de it was decisive. He didn't win like fluky, right? So. Um, that was that's my thoughts. I, I also thought that um, Caleb Smith had a really good tournament. Uh, a lot of toughness out of him. He won a lot of matches late, um, either overtime or the last scramble. Uh, and he could be a guy. You know, you talk about Nebraska and what their podium aspirations could be, or their team finish could be. Uh, Caleb Smith losing only one match. It was to Volk four two. Um. Again, in this weight that's been topsy turvy, if Caleb Smith could be a blood round or an eighth place guy, seventh place guy, there are points that you didn't see for Nebraska coming into the season. A hundred percent. And let me also say Tanner Jordan, Tanner Jordan from South Dakota State. Last week he beat. Um. Last week he beat Patrick McKee. This week he loses to DeAugustino. Uh, he beats Spratly, loses to DeAugustino, uh, and takes eighth. And so uh, the win over Spratly, coupled with the win over McKee. Well, he beat, he beat Spratly twice. He beat him on the front side and the back side, and then he beat 
Ramos on the backside. Uh, he did. I thought he. So he, he wrestled. Lost, he lost he, to Ramos in the seventy. In the what? I'm talking about. I'm talking about Tanner Jordan. Oh, I thought we were talking Caleb Smith still. Oh uh, no, I was saying Caleb Smith stock up. I think Tanner Jordan stock up. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. I was looking at. I got distracted on the bracket looking at Caleb Smith. I didn't realize how many good wins he had on the backside, taking out Spratley, yeah, then yeah. Ramos, then you know, Deoxino medical forfeited, and then he beat Kaler. Comes back, takes third. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Caleb Smith stock up, up for sure. Yeah, and and Tanner Jordan, I think. I mean, it gives him another uh, South Dakota State. It gives them another fighting chance at a weight. Um, Last week in Crystal Ball, I had three AAs for them. I had Kate Devos, Kale Carlson, and Tanner Sloan. I had Bennett Berge on the bubble, and he took a like a bad loss this week. So, um, but but he could get it together, right? Uh, Tanner Cook could get it together. So right now they have three solid AA contenders, and they have three other guys, maybe four. Um, that could that could contribute significant points. Actually, Derek Cardinal placed here, right? Um, and Swenson. And so uh, South Dakota State is sneaky good. Yeah, I agree. Sneaky good. Um, this, too, is one of those weights that, like, you know, Orin, we kind of talked about how good he's looked, and he kind of lived up to it. He didn't do anything fantastic. But I thought his win over Frost looked very good, was solid. And just going mm -hmm. consistently through the weight, Orin continue. You want to talk stock up. I think Orin kind of – he had a great tournament. I was kind of bummed um, once we learned Fix wasn't going to be there. But it, it was still some good some good matchups. Yeah. Um, I – other than Orin – I didn't learn much at this weight. Yeah. Uh, I learned that Nick Buzakis has a, a lot of guts to get majored in his round one and then come back and take third. Um, I learned that Tyler Knox is probably pretty good. I learned that Evan Frost is probably pretty good. Um, but there's nothing like, I don't know. I, I didn't learn a whole heck of a lot. This, this. I mean, the order that these guys came out, other than maybe Buzakis, who stubbed his toe, uh, it's pretty much what I thought maybe would happen. Yeah, no, for sure. All right, forty-one. And, you know, originally, you're supposed to have veto and fix, so right. Um, you lose the ability a to see who wins between veto and fix, and you lose the ability. Not that you expect anybody to beat those two, but at least to see where they are at in terms of those uh, benchmarks. Yep. Yeah, no, I, I was telling um, – I had to call Gary Abbott today over how ticked off I've been about the, the senior national registrations. I'm talking about promotion and marketing and how it's kind of changing. And one of the things I love about the registrations is that once you know who's going to be at a tournament, it helps you build the storyline. Because for the last three, four years, we've seen this huge shift where it's like, oh, man, fix isn't going. Oh, man, Vito's not going. Great. Yeah. Just let us know two, three weeks Just before know. who is going and who isn't, and we can build the storylines. 
you tell us a week before, like, like Vito, right? Like Vito's not going. We know a week out or five days out. We, we accept it because we move on and we build other storylines. We, okay, how does this affect this? Okay, but we can look at, you know, bummer that Vito isn't going to be there, but we can look forward to this, right? You just show up and then, like, the brackets just pop up with no entry list or anything, and then we find out that guys aren't there. Now that's when you take some heat. No, I agree, 100%. 41 started getting interesting, though. Yeah. 41 for me, Jesse freaking Mendez. My my, he would be oh probably my, my, my. I honestly put him. I know you said uh, younger Bastida might be your tournament uh, MOW. I would probably honestly go Mendez too. I mean Mendez, who bonused his whole way until he met Ryan Jack in the finals. But I mean, here we're talking. We really talked up. Hardy Mendez, Hardy Mendez. And here Mendez goes and freaking majors him. Yeah. Um after attacking Vince Cornella. <laughs> the difference uh, what 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 Jesse Mendez did was awesome. And his one hundred percent bonus rate on the year is just insane. Uh you know, they wrestled tech, they wrestled they wrestled a couple good ones and now Cliff Keen and he bonus through or, or it was one hundred until the finals. Until the finals, but, yeah. Um I think the difference in my perception, while I, while I would say younger over Jesse for like wrestler of the week, um, is kind of I, because I love Jesse and I knew he, I knew this was in him, right? Yeah. I didn't know where younger, I didn't know where younger stood at heavyweight. I mean, you're talking about a guy that didn't AA last year at 97 yeah, no, true. going up into the heavyweight. And I'm like, what, what to really make of younger? Um, and he passed with flying colors to me. Um, so for that reason, uh, I guess it's because I have Jesse. I've always had Jesse way up here. Like, yeah, same. I've always been high on him. Yeah. So, but um, I will say one quick note is that people were in the comments. Somebody had mentioned it was a it was a worthy comment. They said neither of us were putting much respect on Lachlan McNeil. Neither was picking him to win. He's the one seed. And the tournament kind of played out how I thought and probably how you thought it was going to be with the winner of Hardy Mendez winning the tournament. So it's funny how that comment kind of worked itself out. And I had said, like, I don't think McNeil wins this tournament. If he does, I think next time he gets that respect of that expectation of winning a tournament Lachlan's, like this. Lachlan's real solid. And again, um, another freshman last year, like if you looked at his results, if you looked at his results regular season, they weren't eye popping, um, but he figured it out when he needed to figure it out. He got it done uh, at the dance. Um, let me see. Lachlan. Lachlan was fourth last year, but he had seven losses coming into NCAAs, you know? Yeah. Um, his win over Etchmendi in the quarters was great. It was a nine-six win. I thought that was a, that was a good win for him. I'll tell you what. I am very, very bullish on Etchmendi. Um, we're talking about a kid that had a rough, rocky road. First of all, he's a pure, pure freestyler, pure freestyler. Then he has a rocky. Then he goes thirty-three. 
Denny, Denny's out at Ohio State. He's sort of in limbo for a while. Then he comes back. Now, how he, he's going to be up at 41. Then he's 49. Then he's back at 41. But how's his mat game? How's his lungs? Um, dude, when you go through a grueling tournament like this, an absolute grueling tournament, go in 9-6 with the returning fourth. Okay? This is a 3-3 mat. Or this is a... 6-6 six, six match with 20 seconds to go, you won, right? You lost, but that's that's good for your future, okay? Um, <clears throat> so you're going seven minutes with Lachlan. Uh, you lose to Happel. You major Vince Cornella. Uh, I just think he wrestled six matches. He went four and two. He went toe-to-toe with Lachlan. He took seventh. He beat a, um, you know, he beat a guy that we had projected very high in Cornella, and I think Echemendia, uh, okay, he's a thing. And hey, you know, we haven't really talked about the team title. We did talk about Michigan kind of flopping, but on the opposite end of the spectrum, there, Iowa State, phenomenal rebound from the Cyhawk Let's... duel, and you know, Echemendia going four and two, that helped. That helped get that I have, team title. It certainly helped. Let's let. Can we save the, the the team chase talk or the team title talk to the end? Because I got some. Oh yeah, I got some perspective on that. Yeah, we'll save. Let me it. wrap it all up. Let me wrap it all up now. Uh, in the same way, I will say that from the team side, they were Nebraska was Brock Hardy away from winning the team title. I mean, Brock Hardy takes third instead of sixth. Uh, they probably tie. And it's funny because Nebraska had two champs and NC State had two champs, but Iowa State only and had one champ, but they had three in the finals. Until, which helped. until the second to the last match, Iowa State had zero. Yeah. If there was, there was a scenario, there was at one time there was a situation where if Lenny Pinto beats Plot for third, and Younger loses, the team title would have been tied. Or Nebraska might have won. So that's how deep it came down to. Yeah. Now, both the opposite happened. Pinto lost, so he didn't get his points, and Younger won, so he did. So it, that that sewed it up for Iowa State. Um, but that's how late. That's how late the title chase came down to. Just an awesome year. I wish we could bet on team races. So do I. I wish we like, could bet on all kinds of things wrestling. FanDuel, DraftKings, ESPN bet. If you guys are listening, please, Caesars. I'll, I'll set the lines. Give us, Let me set give the us lines. access. All right. 49. What were your thoughts at 49? My, you love it over Caleb Henson in the finals? My main takeaway at 49 was... First of all, we had said that, you know, I think we mentioned Kozak predicting Henson to win it all, which he lost the whole tournament by a single point. So we had said that that could happen. Kozak picked him to win. You had said that's, you know, sneaky good pick. And and Henson was right there. But my main takeaway was one of the things that I had said in the preview show was, is Ridge Lovett, we haven't really seen him in 18 months. Is he still I that? Say it's a good pick. It's an acceptable pick. It w- w- <laughs> with with Ridge, we haven't seen him in eighteen months. 
How does he look? Is he still that caliber of guy that can go out on Saturday night in March and win an NCAA title? And my takeaway was yes. He was down early 3-0 to Kinner. Storms back, wins 13-6. Majors D'Amelio, 11-0, doesn't let up a point. And then takes out a very scrappy Caleb Henson, who Caleb Henson's freaking gas tank is crazy. And Ridge Lovett shuts him down and wins. So my main takeaway, Ridge Lovett, he's the real deal. If there was um, any doubt. Him and him and Peyton Rob, and, and I think it was on display in the finals. Peyton's what I'm about to say about Peyton Rob was a little bit more obvious than Ridge because Ridge did have some hiccups in there. Um, but they they they're almost perfect at every moment. Like 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 Peyton Rob's not flashy, but man, he's out he's he's he does what he's supposed to do at every second almost. And Ridge, you know, he gave up a he gave up a takedown and he was, you know, in a scramble on another one. Um, but most of the time he's in really good position and really safe and very complete. Like if you talk about like complete wrestlers can can take you down, can ride, can turn. Um, I think Ridge and P Rob, maybe Staraki, um, are in that conversation. They're just, they're just doing the right things at every moment. And, um, I know, you know, some people would say, well, Henson might've had a danger count in there. Well, Ridge should have had two on the edge in that turn. All right. So like, yeah. So if on one hand and also if on the other, um, Again, with that close apron, not a lot of mat space. If that was anywhere near, if the table wasn't there, that was going to be too near fall. Yeah, but you I... also have to remember, uh, one of the like big, you talk about big, oh my God, this is significant. Not that it was an oh my God, but it is utterly significant. Henson beating Parco 5-0. I mean, that's a big result. And... I'm really impressed with Caleb Henson's ability last year and, and trajectory. He's even getting better. When he came out of high school, I thought to myself, um, he's going to be solid. You know, I had him high on the big board. Um, he's going to be solid, but how good is he going to He might just be a dog. He might just be... He might just be really tough to score on and stingy and... And I knew he had that in him. What I didn't know was how dangerous he was offensively. Could he consistently get to legs? Could he score on you a lot? And the answer is absolutely yes. Uh, Caleb Henson is really good. Yeah, I'd say so. I think I agree. That was a solid win, you know, and, and he's young. You know, he's only a sophomore. We've got a lot of True Caleb sophomore. Henson left. Yeah. True sophomore. Um. Yeah, that, that was my main takeaway of 49. Um, Swiderski kind of beating the guys he should beat and yep. and maintaining like, okay, he's a he's an outside AA threat. He beat Jaden Scott. He beat Jaden Abbas in a barn burner. Uh, lost to Parco 4-2. Lost to D'Amelio in a barn burner. Um, so good performance by him. Abbas... So Abbas got beat by Swiderski and then Michael forfeited out. 
Um, but, you know, again, we're talking about Iowa State losing in heartbreaking fashion to Iowa, coming winning the Cliff King title, and those guys that we had earmarked, well, we'll talk about one more at the next week, but Frost did really well, Echemendia did really well, Swiderski did really, really well, and, um, you know, it, Frost did really well but didn't hit the top guys. Chittum didn't do great, but his competition was much harder. So, um, you know, if those guys are clicking in March, uh, Iowa State's dangerous. I agree. I wholeheartedly agree. So I guess that's a good lead into 57. You know, you yep. had Chittum, you had Shapiro, you had these guys who, you know, we were talking about, could they produce chaos? And it kind of fizzled out quick. Shapiro beats Andonian 16-4 and then loses to Cardenas in the next round. And it was kind of a quick, he's the real deal to, oh, he's beatable. Like it, it was kind of a real yeah. quick fan roller coaster. It, it was. It was. And even. And Cardenas even beats them both. <laughs> even kind of with Chittum. Yeah. Even kind of with Chittum, right? Like, <laughs> Chittum was a bit of a roller coaster because Danny Ninny in his opening match has a lead on Chittum. You're like, uh-oh. Uh, maybe Ninny can beat Cody. And then Cody comes back and beats him decisively 11-5. And then. Chittum is in a fight with Cardenas, and you're thinking Chittum might win that. Okay, if Chittum beats Cardenas, now he's really like flirting with blood round status, and he loses to Cardenas, and then he loses to Andonian and doesn't uh, doesn't place. So, I, moral of the story is to me that Chittum's right there. Chittum, it wasn't a bad performance. Um, uh, they're young. So they're they're, they're, they're going to take some losses. We're never going to see another Cal Sanderson. We're never going to see another 159-0. There's a lot of great talent coming up, and guys are going to take losses. You know, we've said it a million times over the past month. Nobody who lost this weekend, there's a reason we're only saying stock up. We're not saying stock down. It's right, early in right. the season. These guys are getting matches. It is not stock down for Shapiro. It is not stock down for Chittum. I think these guys are getting great matches under the belt, and I think it's only going to help them more when it counts. Yeah, which is sort of the message, the message to programs that don't go in tough tournaments early in the year. Why not? Why not? It's only going to help prepare your guys later. It's always going to. It's only going to give you information on your guys on what to work on or fix or you know what they're what you can do better yep and the way the seating works it can only help you right the the, the wins the wins are going to help you get seated higher and the lo losses aren't that's just the way the seating works and i don't i don't blame them for doing that but um well in a lot of cases but why not why not go in tough tournaments yeah uh so then, it, an then another guy here Another guy here, though. Well, let's talk about Meyer. He goes out there and barnstorms Andonian, which was a great uh, win, sixteen to four. Sixteen to four. Six two at the end of the first. Ten uh, two at the end of the second. Um, 
But then against Cardenas, he just, I don't know. He didn't look right. He didn't, um, his body language wasn't good. His expressions weren't good. Um, Was it just me or did the wrestleback seem very quick after the front side? You know, you know, Earl is talking about that too. Uh, Earl had a tweet today. He's like, you know, it was really quick. The turnaround was quick and maybe it affected some of the results. Bro, it's quick for the other guy too. I didn't see the Shapiro Chumbly match in the backside. And uh, someone brought up to me that Shapiro looked a little tired. And I'm like, I didn't. It seemed like well, they were a little. It happened a little quick where I didn't even see the match happen. But I was curious your thoughts on that. I To me. To me, Shapiro didn't look right in the second half of the Cardenas match. So if you're saying, well, the quick turnaround had Shapiro flustered, Shapiro flustered, that flustered came before that. Sure. Go watch the end of the Cardenas match. He didn't look right. So, but that being said, I, you know, I think Meyer. Also, I remember Flo saying like, I remember Flo on FRL one time. They said, like, who's Trevor Chumbley? And, like, Trevor Chumbley's not bad. I had Chumbley, like, 74 on the big board. Like, he was a known thing. He's not bad at all. Um, he was a thing in high school. So, uh, not that you would predict Meyer losing 2-1. You wouldn't predict Meyer not scoring a takedown. You, you wouldn't predict him sure. losing to Chumbley. You wouldn't predict him wrestling a match where he doesn't score a takedown, and you wouldn't predict a, a, a two-one match out of him. Um, but but I think it'll be fine. I think it'll be fine. If anything, it's like just pump the brakes real quick. Uh, we all know he's great. He, he's great. Mario Shapiro is great, and he's gonna be fine. Um, but he didn't have a good weekend. Yeah. Uh, another big early. You know, nobody talks about this too. Is that Joey Blaze went one and two? Well, um, I was just gonna say Chumbly beat Blaze too. Yeah, yeah. So both of the true freshmen in this, both of the true freshmen in this bracket that we were like, hey, keep an eye on. They could be serious, make a serious splash. Um, they both didn't place, and Chumbly beat both of them. Uh, and that's after Blaze. Who did Blaze? It's not like we were just. Not, it's not like we were just hyping Blaze um, because it wasn't all just what he did in high school because he had a good win this year. Who did he beat this year? He beat uh, he beat Ed Scott. He be beat Ed Scott this year. So, um, again, I think he'll be fine. He'll figure it out. Uh, but, you know, you got to earn your stripes. Uh Another there was there was a lot to talk about here, man. Um, Ryder Downey, Ryder Downey didn't place, but he beat Patty Gallagher, who did place, uh, and he beat Chumbly. <laughs> what a weekend! He beat Chumbly and Gallagher, and then lost to Teamer and Scott. And Scott, Scott lost to Peyton Keller of Ohio. Uh, Peyton Keller had a really good weekend, but listen to Scott's run. Uh, he loses second round of Peyton Keller, beats Ninny, beats Askey, beats Ryder Downey, beats Chumbly, beats Luan, beats Andonian, 18-7. <laughs> yeah, that what was a, a um, 
I saw you tweet about him, didn't you? Talk about talking about the backside matches. Or you know what? That? I didn't mention. I I I was Buzakis and Caleb Smith who both. Yeah. I should have put uh, Ed Scott's name in there too, um, because you know you're losing to a guy that not highly ranked uh, at the time, and then coming back and majoring a conference rival in in All American for third. So that was really good. But you know. We've been talking about 157 for 10 minutes, and we haven't mentioned Peyton Rob. Uh, uh, but again, just always in the right positions. Um, P. Rob went a tech over Jaden Lee, tech over Legend Lamer, 10-0 over Kale Swenson, 8-2 over Luan, who he was previously 0-2 against, and 6-4 over Teamer. and gave up one takedown the entire tournament. No, did he? Did he? Did he give up a takedown to Teamer? I don't no. remember. Yes, yes. Teamer got the first one real quick. Yeah, That's Teamer did. Uh, you know, I thought this weight went chalk, but Rob has definitely established himself as a forerunner at this weight. But Teamer, I think, in a room like Arizona State has that is riddled with injuries and guys not being 100%, Teamer does look back to Teamer. He does look very good. And if you're an Arizona State fan, yeah. obviously you wanted Teamer to win that one, but you still got to be happy with how good and healthy he looked all weekend. Sure, sure. I thought Teamer wrestled great. Um, yeah. You know, there's a there's a thing with Ridge and P-Rob where their top riding ability changes, traject changes the dynamics of the match. You almost can't go under them. Uh and and maybe they should have went under or maybe they shouldn't a teamer that is uh but it's a it's an edge right you have an edge there because you don't get the escape point and if you do go under you're looking at or if you even get taken down it's like immediately if you get taken down by ridge or or, or p rob you're like They're that's so three points on top yeah. it's three points it's you're going to be staring at a riding time deficit and certainly the eating up of the clock and not you don't have ability to score. So it's a big game changer. You know, Ben Askren on FRL was talking about um, has, with a three-point takedown, has the incentive or, or the gravity of riding on top um, been lessened. And I couldn't put my finger on it, but I was like, no, 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 no. It has not been. Um uh, well, it might have been lessened, but it hasn't gone away. And Piles was disagreeing with them. And at the time, I couldn't really put my finger on why, but I'm like, no, it's still it's still important. It's still a thing. And and I think Peyton Robin and Ridge Lovett showed you why. Because uh, even though there's three-point takedowns, riding on top was critical in both those matches. Yeah, no, for sure. All right, 65. Yeah, so first things first, your boy David Carr. My boy David Carr, too. I love David Carr. Yeah, I was uh, bummed for Carr. We both said Carr next topic, and then he goes out and loses a close one to Ramirez. Um, second regular season loss of his career is yet again in the CKLV semifinals. Such a weird stat. Yeah. Um, he, um, Julian has that ability, man. 
Julian has the ability to beat anybody on any given day. He has the ability to beat anybody on, on any given day. The problem is he can beat a David Carr, but then lose and score zero takedowns against a Lennon, right? He can beat a Quincy Monday two or three times during a season and then lose to, who did he lose to? Uh, NCAAs, I don't know. Um, you know what I'm saying? He, he can yeah. lose a close one, but he can win a close one. He's ultra-athletic. He's difficult to take down. He's tough in scrambles. Yeah, and this is one of those weights where I, I'm not nearly as curious, but for maybe for the people listening who would be, as a ranker, college or not, what do you think about this weight with in terms of rankings? You know, one of the only interesting things for me is I think we've kind of talked about how O'Toole and Carr have separated themselves from the pack. Doesn't mean they, you know, won't take a loss here or there, but I think Saturday night in March – you're, you're going to see O'Toole Carr. And so the only sure. real thing is, could there be separation where you end up with Carr 4? That, that'd be the only real thing I think matters. I think if... Oh, you're talking about, could we possibly see, because of that loss and, and seating purposes, could we see Carr on the same side? Correct. Um, I think it'll come out in the wash. I think, I think it'll come out in the wash that... Uh, Carr will either resume being number two or at the worst be number three. Yeah, uh, that's what I think. It's too hard for these guys to go. I mean, even now, right? How do you, how would you seed it now? Because Julian didn't go unscathed. Julian got beat by a Lennox. So you can't put, I mean, right now with the way things are, you'd have to say uh, O'Toole won. Olenek two, Julian three, and and have David behind them. But uh, there ain't no like Julian's not going to go undefeated the rest of the year. Olenek's not going to go undefeated the rest of the year, right? So I think it'll I think it'll work itself out. Yeah, but that was pretty much a story for me in fifty seven or sixty five was Carr taking the loss, you know, and then Ramirez taking the loss in the following round. Th those were kind of two. I, I'll tell you somebody that needs a shout out bad. Give him a shout uh, out. That's what the show's for. Garrett Thompson of Ohio. My man, you are doing the damn thing. Two weeks ago, he beat Peyton Hall. Here he wins one, two, three, four, five, six and two. Six and two to take fifth. Uh, with wins, his losses were David Carr and Cam Amin. He beat. Connor Brady, Matt Olgeen, and Hunter Garvin. Justin Bash, this is a kid that never qualified for the state tournament. You brought him up in the previous show, I think. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, just talk about, you know, working your way into being a good wrestler. Uh, this dude has obviously put in the work. Yeah. Shout out Garrett Thompson. Love to yep. see him. And, and that made a couple places for the uh, fighting Greenleys of Ohio. 174, Not... another former national champ goes down. Shane Griffith. Griffith losing to, to his Lorenzo alma mater. Norman. <laughs> yeah. Do we consider Stanford his alma mater? Yeah, I do. I think he graduated. Yeah, I think so too. 
So, yeah, Shane goes down, and then Norman from uh, Stanford beats him and then loses the next round. That way, yeah. if, you look, if you look at that top, it's always funny to me when this happens. I don't know why. It just shows you how tough the sport is. Starting yeah. with the round of 16, Griffith loses to Norman. Next round, Norman loses to Wask. Next round, Wask loses to Whitlake. Next yep. round, Whitlake loses to Devos. It's crazy yep, when yep. that happens where each guy advances why, and loses. That's why I always talk about wrestling. The, the, the beauty of the a tournament like Cliff Keen or some years of Scuffle or some years Midlands and certainly the NCAAs. The beauty of it is, and, and, and the reason we may tune in, the reason we're all excited without knowing it is because there are so many guys that have the ability to be a guy. They're good enough to be a guy, given the circumstances of a seven-minute match. But to string them together is un, uh, like, unlikely, right? Mm -hmm. So you get these results where it's like, this guy beats this guy, but can he string them together? And most of the time, the answer is no. Uh, and that's what causes chaos. And that top half of that bracket was total chaos. Yeah, and maybe I think it's DeVos. I don't think it's DeVos. DeVos, whatever. Um, I know somebody's going to yell at me for saying that wrong. But he looked absolutely great all weekend. He looked he great. Did. He did 10-2 uh, major over Gatan. Well, he went tech fall, major decision, major decision over Gatan, 11-8 over Karchla, 9-7 over Whitlake, and, um, you know, A.A. Karchla, A.A. Whitlake. Karchla, that would be his only loss. Um, so he clearly beat the two best other guys in the bracket. And as I was saying about SDSU earlier, sneaky good team. Yeah. Sneaky good team. And 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 Devos, I've, I've been saying Devos for 100 years. So <laughs> I don't, uh, I, I feel like I go back and forth and I just keep saying each one. There was, there was maybe, I don't know. Whose 20, name do you think you got the most wrong? Maybe 2012, there was a kid named Eric Devos uh, or Devos or whoever you say, but I've been saying Devos since then. He was really good in high school, and this is like a cousin or a brother. I don't well, know. Whose name do you think you've, you've mentioned wrong the most? Well, I'm, I, say Shapiro, I say Shapiro. I do too. About <laughs> – 50% of the time, even though I know it's Shapiro. So I think <laughs> I the same thing. Shapiro, it, it, Shapiro is the name I mess up the most and will always be. Yep. Yeah, it's Shapiro. Because I know it is and I still mess it up. But Devos Whitley, Karchla, Wask, Sal Perrine, another Ohio Bobcat, Austin Murphy, Lorenzo Norman, MJ Gatton were your placers. Um, Adam Kemp, some of the guys that didn't place. Adam Kemp, Kel Valencia. I didn't, whole lot of see the, 74. I didn't see the the Kemp match, but he got – he injury defaulted out during the Whitlake match. Yeah, yeah. He's another guy that's shown a lot of promise, but, again, yeah. stringing them together. Stringing them together is tough. Um, <clears throat> but not a lot of surprises at 74. 84, there were some interesting bouts. Uh, Kekheisen, I mean, kind of a guy that was we expected to go wire to wire, but he went through the tournament wire to wire. Uh, but I feel like he also, out, you know, I kind of 
I don't think I gave him enough credit after the Truax win. I had said that I think Truax's gas tank kind of gave out. But Parker looked this weekend like a national champ. Uh, I, listen, Bernie Truax has been one of the best stories in wrestling for the last couple of years. I think he's uber athletic. I think he's capable. I think Kale Sanderson makes the best adjustments during the season and certainly in the postseason. And he's dangerous. I'm a next topic guy, 84. I'm a next topic guy, 84. And and I disagree. I don't think Bernie's lungs gave out. I think Parker gassed him out. No, I agree. But I'm saying I didn't give yeah. him enough credit initially because I said it was more Bernie not being prepared. Yeah, yeah. Now, I after this weekend, I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Parker just put, yeah. put it on him. Like, Parker, if you watch him this weekend... He looked great. He, you know, he had that. Um, yeah. Let's see. He had a yeah. pin, twenty to five tech, thirteen to three major beats Lenny Pinto eight four, beats Feldkamp majors him fourteen four. Looked great the entire weekend. Yeah, and you know, um, it's, it continues to be incredible. Like at one eighty four, the year that COVID canceled, Taylor Lujan, UNI top seed. A couple years before that, two years before that, Drew Foster, national champ, 184, UNI. And now Parker Kekkeisen, front runner for the national title, 184, UNI. Yeah. Pretty interesting. Um, Lenny Pinto uh, had a good tournament. He beats Dustin Plot on an old-fashioned old man chin back. Beats Dustin Plot 12-10. Plot gets revenge in the 3-4 match. Uh, Pinto's losses to Plot and uh, Kekaisen. He wrestled Kekaisen decent 8-4. Plot, his only loss to Pinto. Um, Sam Wolf from Air Force uh, beats Foca and Hoffman. And Foca also lost to Aaron Azarov. Uh, from Columbia, Jersey boy. Um, so folk, a rough weekend. Uh, and we were talking about him last week and, and him moving up. And uh, I, I don't, I cannot write Chris folk off. I can't, I, you know, as bad as those two losses were, and they're bad. Uh, I just feel like something's off yeah, on the weekend and, for folk. And Wolf, Wolf took, he beat Hoffman, then he took back to back losses. He lost yeah. to uh, Plot in the backside, and he lost to uh, Feldkamp on the front Feldkamp. side. Uh, another interesting point. I don't know what you make of it, but um, who was it? Uh, so Feldkamp, Feldkamp takes out Munoz. Yeah. And then on the backside, Munoz drops one to, who was it? Fishback. To Fishback, who you were saying beforehand, um, I, th I think you're either talking about him to me offline or in the preview show about yeah. Sneaky Good. And right. Then... I mean, he took seventh. Um, he took seventh. He beat Fishback. I mean, he beat Munoz. Uh, he only lost on the front side a close one, 4-1 in overtime to Lenny Pinto. So, um, really good tournament for NC State's Dylan Fishback. 
Yeah. Gavin Kane. I mean, there's there's two AAs. Actually, three AAs, right? So Gavin Kane AA didn't place it this way. Uh, Gavin Hoffman AA didn't place it this way. Oh, Munoz AA didn't place it this way. And Foca AA didn't place it this way. There are four All-Americans that didn't place it this way. And then you have Parker, again, establishing himself head and shoulders above above the field. Right, right. 197. Yeah, yep. The big one here, Jackson Smith over Tanner Sloan in the semis, 8-2. Georgia boy getting it done over the top seed. Uh, Jacob Cardenas teched all red. Um, Hydley then majors Cardenas 10-2 and Hydley in a sort of controlled uh, 5-2 win over Smith in the finals. Which we both picked. We both said after Bill Farrell, the way Trent Hydley's looking right now, it's hard yeah. to pick against him. And sure enough, you know, whether Jackson Smith or Tanner Sloan, whoever he was going to wrestle in the finals, I think that was Hydley's tournament. He just he looked great. Um, the 10-2 win over Cardenas was very impressive to me. Yeah. Especially yeah. after Cardenas goes out, Tex all red, and then Hydley goes yep. out and majors him. Yep, two first period takedowns for him in that one. Uh, all red, all, when all red lost, he lost big. <laughs> but when, uh, <laughs> so he gets a pin, he gets uh, 11 2 major over Evan Bates. Then he gets teched by Cardenas, texts Wyatt Volker, texts Joey Novak, gets majored by Sloan, and then beats Sonny Sasso 8 5. So, one way or another, there were points going on the board in Silas All Red matches. Yeah. But that was probably, I don't know, probably the least uh, surprising weight, right? I mean, the only yeah, real thing was, to note was Smith over on. Sloan. And uh, heavyweight, we had the two top seeds. The two top seeds make the finals. Uh, younger Bastida over Lucas Davidson. Davis, Davidson being the top seed and the only All-American in the bracket. Um, and younger, really showing he belongs, really showing he belongs now up at heavyweight after being at 97 last year, tech over Peter Ming, 11, four over Jack Jessen, major over Nick Feldman, one of the top prospects this year, uh, tech over Grady Grice of Navy and a five, three, uh, decision over former all American or returning all American, uh, Lucas Davison in a match where, um, in a match where Younger got the only takedown. Yeah, we kind of talked about it before, and this this weight was honestly kind of boring. Once we lost Schultz and Wyatt, kind of had a feeling that was going to happen. And here, yeah. this final kind of leads us into a perfect segue about the team race because Michigan underperformed, in my opinion, and Iowa State looked great. And here you had, you know, Iowa State being Michigan in the finals. Okay, so let's talk about there's a good segue to the team race. And to me, the emergence of Younger, the placings by Swiderski and Echemendia tell you 
that Iowa State has the ability to finish highly at NCAAs. They have that potential. They really have that potential. They won the tournament without Carr making the finals. Mm -hmm. So they even have a little bit more upside there. Um, Chittum perhaps uh, could have a better day, could have scored more points. So there's a little upside in that as well. Now, here's the downside. Here's where you want to pump the brakes. If you're an analytical guy looking to say, okay, where's the hiddenness of this? Where did they win? Um, how do they project? Here's the downside for Iowa State. They won the tournament, but Evan Frost got finals points, and he didn't hit a soul. Younger Bastida won the tournament, but the top two seeds dropped out, right? And so um, there's some, I don't want to say, uh, you need pump the brakes just a touch, just a touch, because as good as Evan Frost wrestled, and he looked great, he didn't have to go through that path. To, uh, I mean, look at look at the brackets, and you tell me who had the easiest path to the finals, right? That's most of these weights were NCAA like depth, but not Evan Frost path, right? So, th to me, there's where the tournament was won and lost. Yeah, no, it's a good point. I didn't really think about that to be honest. I'm looking back at Frost. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you wrestle the tournament. You wrestle the tournament over again, and 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 um, Chittum could place, and Terakina might have a better day, uh, and David Carr might not lose, but the hidden storyline in the team race was those points at at thirty three. Yeah, that's a good okay, point. Okay, there was two things. There were two things that turned this team race into what it was. One. 133 bottom half falling apart. Two, Brock Hardy semi-slide. Right? Brock Hardy doesn't semi-slide. It's even tighter. And again, the team race came down. Uh, it was not sewn up until there were five bouts to go in the whole tournament. Just an incredible team race. And when you're looking at the fine lines of things, you're looking at the finer points, those were the those were how it was decided. Um other things on the on the team side of things. Ohio State, three, four, five, six placers. They took third, only two points back of uh Nebraska, and they were without Hepner, who would have been who knows. Um who else were they missing? Were they missing somebody else? No, not really. So Ohio State was pretty much intact. I, I think you would have hoped for a little bit of performance out of Luke Geog. Uh, NC State, two, three, four, five, six. Placers, two champs, 115. Uh, Ed Scott coming back for third. Heidly winning it. Jack was second, right? And who was their other champ? So, NC State, they took fourth of the 115 points and six placers. And they were without Jacob Camacho, who some people say, you know, 
Number our one top, guy in the country. Top, yeah. top four guy, maybe number one. I'll tell you who did really well. Oregon State was fifth with five placers. That was sneaky good. I mean, say it out loud. Oregon State was five points better than Cornell in this tournament. Of course, um, Cornell was without Vito, and Foca could not have done worse, right? You wrestle that tournament again, Foca scores points. Yeah, um, for sure. But yeah, then you have Stanford 85 and a half, and Michigan at eight. Michigan had five, five placers, but they were only second, fourth, and three sixes. Uh, and the scary part about that is they were only really missing Cannon. I mean, you could say Ryland Rogers could have scored points, but at this point, Ryland Rogers is a freshman, right? So we don't know. Um, that's Brian Snyder interrupting our programming. Uh, but Michigan, I mean, they brought in five All-Americans and only had six placers and finished eighth. Um, now, of course, you probably don't expect history to repeat itself. You, know, you don't expect Shane to lose that early. Um, Amin had the misfortune of, of, of David Carr losing early. Uh, but that's only really like one or two places. Um, who beat Amin on the front side? Um, I was just looking at it. I can't remember. Olenek. Man, Olenek beat Amin and Ramirez. Well, he had a great tournament. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, Michigan can, can come around. But it was, it was probably about his work. I mean, I mean that it was. It was about the worst. Uh, it was about the worst outcome that Michigan could have had. So, um, while it was the worst, it can only be better because that's about. The and it's floor, early in right? the season. It's, every it's... guy hit. Every guy was on their their floor as opposed to their ceiling. So, um, don't fret if you're Michigan. Oklahoma State ninth, South, South Dakota State. 10th tech 11 uh who was missing Mackay and latona um and you know it's just so crazy the ups and downs the ebbs and flows of of this this sport where eddie ventresca can win the spot last year over a guy that was super promising like cooper flynn and then he can go in the season and be like eh and then he can light it up at NCAAs, and now he's like under 500. They got to get him right. I have a uh, non-CKL viewpoint. Okay. Crookham looked great against Nagal. Crookham looked great against Nagal. Two takedowns to zero. Um, and I said, you know, if Crookham would take a loss to Nagal or... If McGonagall would wrestle instead of Crookham and beat Gal, then you might still have some what should we do at Lehigh at 133 type talk. Bro, Crookham beat McGonagall. McGonagall beat Latona. Crookham beat Vito. Crookham beat Nagal. Stop. It's, it's Crookham. Yeah, I mean, Crookham now has two top five wins. Insane. It's, Insane. 
He's nine and zero, sixty six percent bonus. Just yeah, yeah. Kirkland How many times great. has he been taken down? Has Kirkland? Question. Did Vito? Did Vito get one on him? I don't remember. I think Vito. I think Vito got one on him, but. Uh... You know who else but, looks yeah. sneaky good while we're on the Penn, Penn State deal real quick? Yeah. Kirkfleet continues to look good. Looks Gets really an 11-1 good, yeah. major. He is wrestling like the last couple of years when he doesn't win a match that I'm bummed about. It's like this isn't this isn't Kirk. Kirk is wrestling like Kirk now. Yeah, yeah. My thing with Kirk is, I don't know. His activity level is through the roof. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know he does. He's not wrestling like a heavyweight. He's not. He's wrestling like a seventy-four. Like he's taking low ankle shots and and he's taking a lot of shots and he's turning people. And I remember, I never forget. Uh, I, I I knew the results of Greg Kirkley and and um, I had heard a lot of talk from from. Minnesota people like, bro, this seventh grader is freaking unreal, right? So he goes to Super 32, and he's wrestling the high school bracket as a seventh grader. <laughs> and and it was the first or second round, and I'm like, all right, well, the the studs in this tournament are going to, like, blow their competition apart because it's first round, and it's seated right. well, and... So what I, I'm gonna go check out this seventh grader everybody's buzzing about in Minnesota, um, and and he was wrestling like 160 or 170, and he had ginormous Donald Duck feet that didn't fit his body, and he's like <laughs> just like gangly and just his frame that just crazy, and uh, like he, he he knew what he was doing. He went like he knew you knew this kid was gonna be good. He just, he was a little bit not filled into his frame yet and awkward and stuff. And, and, uh, he turned out to be one of the best, one of the best in high school. And, and, you know, he goes to Penn state and, uh, I thought, I always thought there was more for him to give. And by the way, I he only, like, he, I say that I he jumped levels. He a little bit better. What's he that? only lost. He only lost to Paris last year. He lost all three times, but he lost at the in the dual Big Tens and NCAA's. But still, he's jumped levels. I, I but that right. He's wrestling like his, that potential. His, yeah, his loss, his loss at Big Ten. To me, his one loss to Paris, he didn't give it his all. His yeah. other loss to Paris, I thought, what the hell are you doing? He lost to Cassiopeia a couple times where I just thought he just blew it, right? And now he is leaving no doubt. Like, like Kirk, Cass used to be close, and there was a shot for Cass. Would you pick, would you pick Cass? I mean, it's, would it not be a next topic pick right now, the way Cass, Kirk, the way oh, Kirk yeah. is resting, Right. Oh yeah, um, and so I don't know. You know, maybe a light bulb went on. Maybe it's just simply development. Maybe it's he's healthier than he's been in a long time. Whatever the case, Kirk is night and day from Kirk in the past. Yeah, I agree. 
Any other final notes? No, no. Just, man, I'm so fried. I got Iron Man coming up this week. I'm going to put out rankings um, with an X next to the guy. They're going to, I'm going to move. I'm going to move wrestlers to the, to ranking, to the rank at the weight that they're at Iron Man. Um, and so you get to see what the field might look like. You're going to lose your mind when you see 170, 165, Justin Bash. You're going to lose your mind. Want to know who it is? Tell me. You can't leave me hang, hanging like that. Angelo Ferrari, Joe Seely, D. Lockett, Ethan Burden. That's my CTV. And I'm, and I'm missing one more giant guy. I can't believe I'm. Oh, Will Henkel. Dude, are you kidding me? That's this week. D. Lockett. Right? D. Lockett. Joe Seely, Ethan Burden, Will Henkel. Ferrari. Ferrari. Bro. It's a who's number one. Yeah, it's going to be a great tournament. Great tournament this weekend. Um, So be looking for the new rankings. Be looking for you know, like maybe a podcast or uh, some kind of preview. Um, Crystal Ball is going to come out this week after a ton of stuff. But what I'm getting at is between Iron Man prep that I was doing last night and, and CKLV and scouring through those brackets and digesting all that, I don't even know what's coming up. What is this week? I don't even know. I don't think there's anything on the college scene this week. I think it's a pretty normal, like Penn State wrestles Hofstra or something. Like a lot of just whatever. I don't think there's anything too crazy. Nothing that's uh, on we my radar. We always have it. The Intermat forums always have this week what's coming up pinned to the top of the college board. So it's great. Um, Thursday, Michigan State at Buffalo. Uh, Columbia at Iowa, Wyoming at Missouri, Lehigh, Oki State Friday night. Uh, we could get fixed, Crookup. Oh, we'll we fix get Russell. Fixed, we get, I don't know, he's a little dinged up. We could get fixed, Crook on Friday night, West Virginia Air Force, decent slate on Friday night. You, I mean, Iowa, you always have to watch. Yep. Um, Wyoming, Missouri, Lehigh, Oki State, uh, West Virginia Air Force, Saturday. Cleveland State Open, Army, Cleveland State, Kent State, Northwestern, VMI, uh, Wisconsin at Ryder, Central Michigan at Indiana, Wisconsin at Drexel, Sunday, Pitt, Ohio State, not bad, Hofstra at Penn State, Slaughter, at <laughs> Navy, do you know what that's from? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's from uh, the office when Andy Bernard goes, uh, want to come hang out with hang out with this this week uh watch some football hofstra cornell slaughter uh <laughs> navy at ohio buffalo at Rutgers. is that the most rewatchable show in history i've seen every episode about 14 times i this is like once it ends you just started over that in modern family yeah uh columbia northern iowa okie state at oklahoma it's bedlam week bedlam bedlam do you know how Bedlam got its name? Do you know hey. how Bedlam? Do you know how? You know what? Do you know I how, do, but I forgot the story. I, I've heard the it. The entomology, the the entomology of Bedlam, the word Bedlam. Bedlam means chaos, craziness, bonkers, right? It comes from a town in England named Bethlehem, 
where they had an insane asylum. That's right. But the English town folk butcher pronunciations and say bedlam. <laughs> that's the, that's how the word got started because English people can't pronounce stuff. Bedlam. Um, oh, I just had a point now about this weekend and I forgot. You would say bedlam. Oh, that's how my brain works. I was thinking Oklahoma State. I was thinking Sammy Alvarez, thinking Sammy Alvarez, thinking Puerto Rico, thinking Puerto Rico, thinking international. Roman Bravo Young this weekend. Made the cut to 57. Dude looked skinny. He, he looked, wrestled 57? He looked lean. He he was he wrestled in the Mexico. I saw something come across the I saw something come across my timeline like Roman Bravo Young something. And I was like, oh, he competed internationally. But it was at 57? It was at 57. He got three techs. Um he He made flat? I don't know if it was plus two or not. But he made fifty-seven. Oh, I hope it was flat. And uh, so that so we're gonna... that was the Mexican Grand Prix to basically determine who wrestles for Mexico for the Pan Am Olympic Games qualifier. So Roman sounds like he is officially in for Mexico for the Pan Am Olympic qualifier, which we also have to go to to qualify the U.S. for uh, where Olympics. is it? Uh, is it Acapulco? Is it? It was. It was last year, I think. Was it? But it, last, it could I'm be thinking. again. It could be again. Uh, I want to go. Let's go. I hope it's somewhere warm like that. I'd consider going. That sounds like fun. Let me see. Uh... In the in December, the uh, when no, is it? end of February? It's like the week before conference championships. Uh, it's yeah. That's actually a great yeah, weekend. Acapulco. Because, uh, the twenty eighth through the first. That's a great weekend to go because there's no college stuff going on. There is probably 4 million high school tournaments, state tournaments. Though. God. But it would be nice to go to Acapulco in February. I know. End of February, February 28th through March 1st. little warm-up. What? We'll look Man, into I'm that. In, I'm in West Coast. Whoop. Quick flight, boy. Whoop, whoop. All right. That's Bash Mania. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll finish this with our travel plans in the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> all right guys all right subscribe also um look out for all of willie's shows coming up a lot of iron man content so i'll reshare yeah, it all all right that's it and the beat goes on